Okay, we are live, everyone. Welcome to History Hour. This is an hour where we spend with your favorite history content creators. Oh, hold on, I got something. Your favorite history content creators, authors, historians, and I am so excited tonight because we have historian and new author, Kurt Dion. He has written an awesome book called Grave Hunter, a um, president, what is it? It's Grave Hunter. Presidential Grave Hunter. Presidential Grave Hunter. That's very important. Um, I have so got to tell this you. This book right here that I'm pointing to. Yes, and it comes out, when does the book come out? It comes out officially uh tuesday uh tuesday. may 9th but some people if you've already uh ordered an autograph copy i saw no reason to hold it back from you so uh, a bunch of people have already gotten their autograph copies but if you've ordered it from your independent bookstore or a barnes and noble places like that should be shipping yeah. out soon and kurt has gone and visited every single presidential gravesite and vice presidential gravesite. And are you the only person that has done that like on record? Uh, as far as at least the, vi the vice presidents, yes. Uh, numerous people have visited uh, every presidential uh, gravesite. So it's great w w with those where, you know, I mean, not, you know, thousands and thousands of people haven't done it, I think, but it's nice that that's kind of an attainable thing for people if they want to some of the vice presidents not as easy to get to some because they're in a remote location. And then there's one that is buried in an off limits area. And I'm the only grave hunter, at least that's come forth uh, with a successful story of being able to uh, get to that grave. And in a year, about a decade of promoting that nobody has, uh, Nobody has, has uh, knocked me down a peg at all. So, um, I mean, it could happen someday, but as of right now, I don't know of anybody else other than my father, myself, who's visited Nelson Rockefeller's grave. Then my father skipped a different vice president so that I would have the title to myself. So wow. I needed somebody to take my picture at Nelson Rockefeller's for the, uh, you know, to, to document the uh, feat. But Henry Wilson in Natick, Massachusetts, he was like, nah. You can you can have them. So, <laughs> well, every time I have somebody come on, I like for them to kind of give their history origin story. How did you get involved in history? And you wrote like a whole book on how you ended up your you know origin, this odyssey that you take. So, give us a little synopsis of kind of what the book's about and mm -hmm. what people can expect when they order it and what they'll be reading. So uh, my origin story was that I was bitten by a radioactive Benjamin Harrison. And then, <laughs> um, so in, in reality, uh, so when I was seven years old, would have been uh, February 2002. So this is around uh, President's Day, Washington's birthday, uh, officially. And uh, there was a Scholastic Book Orders, uh, book club, uh, uh, book club's order. Uh, form and uh, my mom picked out a book for me. Uh, it was uh, actually this very book that I am holding right here. So you want to be president? So this is my copy oh, that, that. Um, got twenty-one years ago. Oh my god, uh, <laughs> twenty-one years ago, and um, 
for whatever reason, she, um, I don't actually know the reason why she bought it for me. And then she offered to tell me one point. And then as I told, uh, Brian Lamb, when he interviewed me on C-SPAN, I said, ah, I want to kind of keep it a mystery because uh, I don't know. Sometimes it's like, what if it's, you know, some answer that kind of uh, just doesn't live up to the hype or something. So ah, we'll keep it a, uh, a mystery, but she ordered me this book and I really fell uh, in love with the uh, illustrations. Um, as I mentioned, I'll give a uh, visual. Uh, I mentioned in the first chapter, um, Actually, uh, the prologue. Um, so David Small was the illustrator, and you know, it's focusing on things that kids might be interested. <laughs> in. so William Howard Taft talked about how he was the heaviest president, and there he is being lowered into his oversized uh, bathtub. He's got a champagne glass and a turkey leg, and things, uh, things like that. There's a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of uh, kids uh, that are symbolizing George Washington's siblings, kind of annoying him, pestering yeah. him. It's like, how many uh, siblings do you have? This president had this money and whatnot. Um, there's Woodrow Wilson doing, a, you know, a jig there. <laughs> so uh, kind of fun things like that that appeals to a seven-year-old. And then that that sparked uh, my interest in presidents in general. Um, mm -hmm. Then as I go on to explain uh, in the prologue and a bit in the first chapter as well, con the continuation, um, I started going to some presidential sites. My uncle uh, Craig and his girlfriend at the time took me and uh, my sister uh, the next year when I was eight and she was five. Uh, to the Adams National Historical Park in yes. Quincy, Massachusetts. Uh, and that is Quincy, with a, even though it's a C, it's a Z sound, like zipper or zoo. So they'll, they'll, okay. they'll, uh, they'll uh, <laughs> I don't want to say snap at you, but uh, they'll, they'll let you know up in Quincy, if you say Quincy, yeah. uh, you're saying it wrong. Um, but uh, so we went up there and also to the Church of the Presidents where the Adams Presidents First Ladies are entombed. And that was just really kind of a magical thing for me where, OK, I read about John and Abigail Adams and now here they are, you know, physically. as So this is as close as I can get to them in the physical sense. We weren't alive at the at the same time, but yeah. now here here they are. And going into their home where they lived everything so it's like i kind of you know invited myself over their house and was able to go through where you know where they read books where they wrote some of the very you know famous letters uh between them would have been more abigail writing at the um uh at the uh one of the houses at uh, the bottom of uh pence hill while john was away mm -hmm. um but you know th things like that it was just really you know really got to me the hands-on history uh you know, as uh, i call it and other people you know coined yeah. that, but just really leaned into that and then my father uh this was december 2003 he was channel surfing uh came across a uh, c-span programs a book talk about uh this book because I come with all sorts of props. Uh, <laughs> who's buried in Grant's tomb? You can see that um, young Kurt wow. and, uh, wore, wore this <laughs> through. 
Um, so it's a book talk. Um, uh, C-SPAN founder Brian Lamb uh, is the uh, credited uh, primary author of it. It was it was actually mostly uh, Carol uh, Helwig uh, was the uh, C-SPAN staffer who did a lot of the research. But uh, he took uh, various pictures, did other contributions, and presidential historian uh, Richard Norton Smith uh, did uh, a lot of writing in it as well. And Brian Lamb and Richard Norton Smith uh, had a book talk. Uh, that appeared uh, um, that aired when the book came out. So this was a rerun on C-SPAN. Mm-hmm. Um, but so my dad watched it and they were talking about the different presidential graves and Richard Norton Smith had started out going to some of the presidential graves when he was a child. He had a heat stroke at James K. Polk's grave. And oh my he, gosh. Um, you know, he said almost got arrested trying to visit Grover Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> because of the, I guess the the time of day, uh, he and his family. Wow! So I didn't see the program, but my dad watched it, told me about it a little bit later, and by this point, I was nine years old, and uh, that sounded really cool to me. Like, oh, you know, so I'd been to four presidential graves at that point: the Adamses, uh, John F. Kennedy, and George Washington. But it had been kind of oh, they were near the the mm-hmm. homes or at, at the homes in George Washington's case or you know Arlington Kennedy a lot of people go see that yeah. one but like huh I can go see all of them so I looked up at him and I said can we do that and uh and that was the start of uh leading me down uh this path to you know history degrees and uh spending a lot of time and uh, money in weird places like uh, the America's Best Value Inn in Abilene, Kansas. Yeah. You know, I I loved that. So, I mean, thank you for giving me an advanced copy or sending me an advanced copy because as I was reading it, I mean, I have a son that's nine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I would give anything just to find that that one spark you know, that mm-hmm. your kid is just drawn to and has such a passion for. Yeah. So as I was reading it, I was really more drawn to your parents and mm-hmm. how supportive they were of you, you know, on this endeavor <laughs> and, you know, how much they encouraged you. That just for, for my mom heart just really mm. touched me. And, and so your parents, if they're watching, you know, kudos to you guys. That's what I aspire to be as a parent. I hope that whatever that, you know, spark is in my kid, I can foster just as much as they did. Clearly though, I will Mm -hmm. tell you, it's not history when it comes to my kids. My kids Mm -hmm. are more like your sister than than a Kurt. They're more like a mom, is this a history thing that we're going to, which I found was quite funny, you know, but the interactions between your sister and and your dad, especially. (laughs) Like, yeah, well, that's that's all part of the book, too. It's not just the history or going to the history places. It's the dynamics between me and the members of my immediate family or some of the people that we met along yeah. uh, the way. So I think I think it's a book that can appeal on a lot of different levels because it's very it multifaceted. was it was cool. It, you definitely are telling this personal journey, but along the way, you're adding in so many, you know, interesting facts and so many mm-hmm. things I didn't know 
that really kind of shocked me or or I had misconceptions about. So, I mean, mm -hmm. kudos on that. I really highly recommend the book for those of you that are watching. Um, uh, I just was so blown away by some of the humor in it. You, It was really quite funny the way that you write, by the way. And I have to say, I would love to see some of those family videos that you guys have because some of that stuff is really hilarious, hilarious to me. Yeah, I know one one of the clips uh, is in is in the book trailer that is on my uh, website. Yeah, uh, go to presidentialgravehunter.com. That'll redirect to kurtzhistoricsites.com slash book. So Kurtz Historic Sites is my main website, but we thought that might be too hard for some people to remember. So presidentialgravehunter.com. That'll take you to the page uh, to. Uh, on which you can look at book reviews and uh, buy the book. And there's also the book trailers on there. And uh, and it's also on YouTube. But in there, there's a clip of uh, my sister of being very upset at having to be at James Buchanan's grave. <laughs> so uh, if I was 10, she was seven. So it's... Uh, yeah, we have we have some interesting uh, videos that I think at some point I'll I'll be sharing more of them on uh, on I, YouTube, giving a little bit more of the the background at some of the uh, you know, the process and how I uh, wrote the book because yeah, you know, I do generally have a very good uh, memory, but what it was it was great to have these uh, home videos too to pull exact precise lines mm -hmm. of dialogue. You know, yeah. not just be approximating it. it was like, you know, I can pull that exactly like that. And I can look at the faces and uh, and and see what you know how how I read the faces and everything. So it was it, it was quite an experience going through all of it and then writing it and reliving it. But I'm glad that there's the people or different aspects of the book can appeal in different ways. Whether you're yeah. a parent hoping that your kid finds whatever inspires them. You're the person who's passionate about, you know, is it history or is it that? Uh, who are your long suffering siblings? You know, things like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I do find it interesting that your sister was kind of like over it at James Buchanan's grave, especially like, why are we mm. seeing this guy's grave kind of deal? Mm. Um, now I, I just wanted to say, I, I love, I also really like that, you know, you could have taken this in so many different directions, but instead of being like, you know, chronologically going, you know, well, I went to this grave at this time and, you know, Washington's grave and then Thomas Jefferson's grave, it really was like you were reading your, your journey. And I thought that was fantastic how you wrote that kind of this roadmap of how you guys, you know, how this story evolved. Um, now there was one story that I really really liked in the book it was about um when ronald reagan died mm -hmm. and how your family you know went to see him lay in state can you tell us a little more about that story i don't want to tell you know everything about the book but right. i just really like that story uh so uh june 2004 uh ronald reagan passes away age uh, 93 and 
my parents uh, bring up the idea to me. I was nine years old at the time, and we live about 400 miles away from yeah. uh, D.C. Uh, I had been interested in presidents for a couple of years. I think this is a big, you know, momentous event. He's going to be lying in state. No president had uh, lain in state in over 30 years. See, um, that was so surprising to me when you wrote about that in the book, because I just kind of thought that was standard MO. Right. But, um, but Nixon eschewed it and there was a big gap in presidents uh, passing away. No president died in the 1980s. Uh, the only one who died in the nineties was Nixon. And so, so it wasn't, yeah, so was between late. Lyndon Johnson and Ronald Reagan, so 1973 to 2004, only one president died and that one president, Nixon, skipped it. So it was a big, you know, right. So it was a big gap there. And, um, you know, it seemed like this, this is a great thing for our son uh, to do. So they brought up the idea to me. Uh, would you like to go see President Reagan Lyons State? I said, yes. And then the very next day, uh, my father breaks his arm playing uh, football. So, and he's got a, he's got a cast that's past, you know, here, past the elbow and lots of other things are, are happening that I, I don't want to exactly uh, give away, but it, it was, it, it was looking very much like it was not going to happen that we were going to travel from Rhode Island uh, down to Washington, D.C. And then mm-hmm. it did end up happening. And uh, but there were, again, lots of uh, bizarre circumstances leading up to it during the drive, the drive back, waiting in line. It was a, it was a very interesting exper- uh, experience. But I, I remember it vividly, nine years old, walking into the Capitol and seeing uh, President Reagan's uh, casket, flag draped over it, uh, resting on the catafalque that had originally been constructed uh, for Abraham Lincoln's uh, funeral and uh, memorial services viewings in uh, 1865. And it was just really incredible uh, experience and really formative uh, in my uh, presidential site enthusiasm yeah i um i know we were chatting a little bit before but you know i live up here in the dmv the the dc maryland virginia area and um you know and i know this sounds really harsh but we're all kind of waiting for jimmy carter to kind of you know pass on he's holding on but you know they it's a tenacious person yeah, they've announced that he, what, back in February, he went on to hospice. He went into hospice care. Yeah, about so, to late February. Yeah, so we're we're kind of waiting for that. I, I just feel like that's such a unique experience. And I'm, I'm kind of, I really hope I get the opportunity to go and do that and, and see him lie in state. Because I think that is definitely... A really cool thing. Now, is Reagan the only one that you went to go see at Lion State, or did did you yes, go uh, uh, George H. W. Bush? Uh, yes, yeah, so only Reagan. I did not see Gerald Ford, and I did not see uh, Bush Senior. No, no. Uh, so just subsequently went to their uh, sites of interments. But yeah. I, I uh, 
impressed upon uh, our common acquaintance, uh, TJ Fallon, and his son, uh, Henry, is actually nine, same age I was. Again, when uh, I went to go see Reagan Lions Day, and uh, I impressed upon him, you know, if this, you know, when eventually uh, the sad eventuality happens uh, that uh, President Carter uh, passes away, if you have the opportunity to do so, uh, you know, I, I, I told him you, know, you should definitely take uh, Henry, uh, his son, to to go, and I recommend that for anybody you know who has an interest and has the opportunity. Uh, to yeah. do so because it's it's something that you'll it's something that you'll remember uh for sure yeah i mean my son is like i said my son's nine and so i feel like you know that's that's something that i want them to remember if we have the opportunity to go do that while we're here that's definitely something i want i want to do i kind of dragged them mm-hmm. all over the place <laughs> so far so um you know they've kind of been there but you've also went to go visit all the VP um grave sites so when did you kind of like make that okay i am gonna make that part of my my journey here to go and and visit all the vp grave sites so the vice president's wasn't firmly part of my uh hands-on history and gravesite visiting quests for a few years into it i feel like a lot of for a lot of us in who are into this grave hunting uh, stuff, it kind of snowballs where it's like a little bit of a trickle, like oh, expand a bit and then expand a bit more. Uh, so I'd been at it a few years. I would have been about fourteen and went to um, went to Kansas in uh, Missouri, heading out there. You know, it's a bit of ways away from. Uh, Rhode Island, and I was looking at other things, uh, historical sites to see out in Kansas and uh, other historical graves. And I came uh, down the list to Vice President Charles Curtis. And I was like, okay, there's probably not many things that I'm interested in doing out in Kansas. Maybe go see the Vice President and I was thinking, how many vice presidents have I seen already? There are some who were near presidents. Uh, Aaron Burr is in the same cemetery in Princeton, New Jersey, as Grover Cleveland is. Uh, There are three vice presidents that are in the same cemetery in Indianapolis as President Benjamin Harrison. And then there's a lot of presidents who were also vice president. Thomas Jefferson, Martin Van Buren, uh, John Adams, Andrew Johnson. And uh, so I counted it up. I said, well, I've already been to a good chunk of the vice presidents because of either proximity or they were pulling double duty as president and VP on their on their resumes. So I was like, well, I guess when am I getting getting out to Kansas again? I probably shouldn't pass up this opportunity. So and then it's the next year, 2010, I got a ton of the vice presidents. Um, Yeah. So, um, you know, a big trip swept through New York, Michigan, Indiana, Kentucky, and got a bunch. So it, uh, it was, it was a journey all, all said and done. So I visited my first president grave when, so I was eight, it was 2003. I kind of, then the end of the year, well, I was been turned nine by that point, but, um, 
you know, kind of picked it up officially as the as the quest. Then the vice presidents, two thousand nine. I visited my last president. You know, again they, as we know, people pass on. But I visited my last president in two thousand twelve. I was a senior in high school. I was seventeen, and then my last vice president, uh, Hubert Humphrey, was uh, my sophomore year of college i was 19 uh, 2014 so um so it was about a 10 and a half year journey uh, for me to visit all of them and then subsequently uh george bush uh, has passed away visited uh, him in college station texas and mm. there's one asterisk i guess now is walter mondale because he passed away uh, two years ago now, it was uh, April uh, 2021, and you know, as we were starting to emerge from the yeah. pandemic a bit, you know, things were going at different paces, and um, so Mondale's service uh, was held off for a year. It didn't oh. occur till last May 2022. Oh, now, wow. at that time, an article came out in the Minneapolis Star Tribune, uh, the largest paper in Minnesota, and uh, I was interviewing uh, the Mondale uh, offspring, and they said that they had plans to inter uh, Vice President Mondale's ashes at um, the same cemetery in Minneapolis where uh, Vice President Hubert Humphrey is. And then uh, I called in late March of the cemetery uh, to see if there had been any update. And they said that the Mondales had not contacted them yet still. So then wow. I <laughs> out to the reporter who wrote that article. And then uh, she has been, uh, she told me that, that uh, she was going to uh, get to work on trying to shake some answers out of the Mondales. So, but haven't uh, haven't heard back from her uh, yet. So we'll see. So allegedly, Walter Mondale uh, is going to be in the same cemetery as Vice President Humphrey, but he isn't there yet. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, what if they decide to spread his ashes? I don't know. Uh, well, then that's that's the thing. As a as a grave hunter, you of course have to respect somebody's choice. Mm -hmm. Do they want to, you know? Uh, be you know sometimes people have uh, their ashes put in like jewelry for family members or do yeah. they want to scatter the ashes keep them at home do something else and you know whatever uh they, you know that's their right to do whatever uh they want and you have to respect that then yeah. of course on the selfish side you're like darn <laughs> it you know i really wanted to go see carrie grant's grave and he doesn't have one you know he was like yeah. cremated or you know or alfred hitchcock or or somebody so i mean there there very well could come a point where you know there's not, not just a vice president could be a president decides yeah. now um tradition carter he has decided not to be buried at his presidential library and he's going to be buried at his home. Um, but we were chatting earlier, his grave will not be open to the public right away. Uh, right. So my understanding is that unless something happens that necessitates her moving out, uh, you know, right, while she's still alive, his wife is still there. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Carter, uh, Roseland, 
uh, will uh, still live there. Um, yeah. yeah, and so it's only after both of them have passed again, unless something, you know, happens to to change the dynamics of where uh, she's living. Uh, uh, it's not until both of them have passed that. Uh, the home and the uh, grave site will be accessible uh, to the public, but it will definitely at some point. The Carters want to uh, keep people coming to Plains. They've been coming the last few decades uh, to see the different Carter sites and largely for the opportunity to meet President and Mrs. Carter at the Maranatha Baptist Church where mm-hmm. President Carter used to uh, teach Sunday school. That's a chapter in uh, my book when my father and I uh, did that. Um, but they know that, you know, as we, we all do, uh, they are going to pass away at some point and they, yeah. are, they made this decision, I believe consciously um, to still bring people uh, to planes as, as best as they could, even after they had passed on. So so that's where they will be instead of uh, the presidential library in Atlanta. Yeah, so it is interesting. The last few presidents have had this tradition of being buried at their libraries. You know, like I know Nixon is, I know Reagan is, I know uh, George uh, Bush is. Um, I. I Sure, Gerald Ford is. I don't know where Gerald Ford is. Yes, he's at uh, the museum. It's an interesting dynamic there where he's the one president where the museum and the library are in different locations. So his museum is in Grand Rapids, and that's where he and Betty Ford are entombed. And the archives, the library part of it, is in Ann Arbor. Okay. You know, several hours away. So it's an interesting, so I'm always very cautious. Like he's buried at the Ford museum, not the library. Cause okay. that's the one instance where you'll send somebody to the different part, a different part of the state. But um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but Jimmy are, Carter seems to be kind of breaking the tradition of some of his predecessors here. Yes. Um, so the recent presidents in this, you know, again, this uh, NARA presidential uh, library era, most of them have been uh, interred at their uh, presidential libraries. Uh, JFK uh, passed away prior to uh, the library even being a thought. Uh, So he's in Arlington and then, um, uh, Lyndon Johnson is at the ranch uh, where he lived, uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to the presidential library uh, in Austin. Uh, but the others are at their uh, at their libraries or museums. Um, there was one that looked like uh, he was going to uh, buck that tradition too for a bit. Was uh, George W. Bush? So from when the time he was governor of Texas. Uh, He and uh, Laura Bush had a plot at the Texas State Cemetery in Mm -hmm. the capital city of Austin, and they still had that plot uh, for about at least 18 years after they had first gotten it until, um, now I don't know if they still technically have ownership or, or what happened to it, but it was anyways, their plan for at least about 18 years to be buried in that cemetery until first lady Barbara Bush passed away 
in April uh, 2018, and they went through the various ceremonies and services, and uh, George W. Bush and Laura were quite moved by how the presidential library tied in um, with the, you know, having, uh, you know, the the mother, uh, Barbara, buried there, and then and they knew that the father, George Sr., was going to be buried there, too. And they thought it would kind of, you know, put it all in a nice package, I guess, kind of put a, put a bow on it. And they uh, so that inspired them to change their plans. And uh, so now they will be uh, interred eventually at uh, the George W. Bush Presidential Center in uh, Dallas. Oh, OK. Well, that seems so, very fitting. So they so, would have joined them in bucking the plans and then they got inspired to, to not. Yeah. Well, that, that is really interesting. I mean, well, I guess we'll see it. It'll be really interesting where, you know, future presidents decide to, to be buried. Um, now I did open up questions for people to ask you. So I have a few questions for you. Okay, absolutely. I hope you're ready for them. <laughs> Nothing as hard as TJ's trivia questions though. I'm not- <laughs> no, dead history doozies or something <laughs> Yeah, you've kicked my butt twice now in, in trivia. I, yeah, I, wouldn't, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that. Also, I think trivia just kicked all of our butts. <laughs> it, was, anyway, so. it was definitely a lot more brutal than I, I expected. I, I still have to go up to uh, Mount Auburn Cemetery in uh, Cambridge, Mass., and uh, visit the grave of whoever that was that died in the white house and uh that yeah. no, none of us none of us got that yeah so i still have to i have to visit the grave and event avenge all of us who completed <laughs> in january okay, we'll, we'll make sure you post the pictures for all of us <laughs> i will um so actually uh it is interesting so when you are going to these grave sites you know a lot of them are buried with their wives mm-hmm. um but not every first lady was a wife yes so have you gone to visit any of the other first ladies that have been acting first lady or are, uh, are you missing any of them yes yeah, so there were two there were actually two first ladies who were wives that i am missing Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I'll, I'll cover first. Uh, so Ellen Wilson, uh, the first wife of Woodrow Wilson, uh, she died while president Wilson was in office and she is buried back in her native state of Georgia. So she is not entombed with president Wilson or the second Mrs. Wilson in Washington, D.C. So I have not visited uh, her yet. I believe she's in Rome, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other first lady of the spouses that I have not visited is Nancy Reagan, because when I went out to visit President Reagan's grave, that was in August 2008, Mm -hmm. and Mrs. Reagan was still alive uh, at that point. She lived until uh, 2016. So, um, so it was only President Reagan in the tomb at that point. Mm-hmm. That was the same situation uh, for me with Betty Ford as well, yeah. uh, because I visited uh, Gerald Ford's grave in 2010. Mrs. Ford lived till 2011. So it wasn't until just a few weeks ago uh, in April 
I returned to the Ford Museum for an event as the book launch of uh, historian Richard Norton Smith's uh, biography on uh, Gerald Ford. So my father and I drove out from Rhode Island to Michigan to attend that event so I could meet Richard Norton Smith after uh, all these years of uh, inspiration and of course stopped back at the tomb and got uh, Mrs. Ford. So yeah, uh, that was one more uh, first lady um, off my uh, list. I was glad to pay my respects uh, to her and to President Ford again. As far as uh, some of the other White House hostesses or first ladies, uh, however uh, you want to uh, yeah. categorize them, uh, I've been to a few. I've been to uh, Harriet Lane, uh, the niece of Bachelor James Buchanan. Uh, she's buried at uh, Greenmount Cemetery in Baltimore, Maryland. Same cemetery, actually, as John Wilkes Booth uh -huh. and yeah. uh, two other uh, Lincoln uh, conspirators, uh, Samuel Arnold, Michael McLaughlin uh, Jr., and a bunch of other uh, historical uh, notables as well. So I've, I've visited Harriet Lane uh, once or twice. Um, I think who else? Now, um, I didn't know that Harriet Lane was buried there, and I was really pleasantly surprised because you actually mentioned that in the book, and she's one of my favorite first ladies. Her, her uncle was one of the worst presidents we mm -hmm. ever had, but she's one of my favorite first ladies that we ever had, So, and I'm pretty close to Baltimore, so I'm like, I was, oh, was going to say, yeah. I got to make a trip down there to, to see her, her grave. Yeah, it's um, yeah, you know, it's a, it's it's a nice cemetery, you know. There's and there's the uh, the person who patented the Ouija board is there too, and his grave is a Ouija board. Oh, really? So, so that's a popular stop there. So you know, it's not you know that that kind of stuff isn't my interest, but you know, it's so unique. I had to stop and see that. And there's the the CIA uh, CIA director Dulles is there and um uh supreme court justice so it's a it's a it's an interesting cemetery but uh yeah definitely you you being uh in in maryland uh should definitely if you're a fan of harriet lane that's a stop you should go to for sure yeah yeah i will definitely um, um uh, i can just finish up quickly okay. I, so i've also been to a few other uh people who stepped into the role i believe uh uh, Priscilla Tyler would have been uh, John Tyler's uh, daughter-in-law. Mm -hmm. um, uh, she uh, is buried in Alabama, so I did I did see her when I was cutting through uh, Montgomery. Um, uh, let's see, Chester Arthur's sister Mary McElroy is buried in the same cemetery in Menands near Albany. Not the same plot though. But so I did I did get her a couple times. Um, the one that is the hardest to get to, I, I've not uh, seen because she's uh, I've not left the continent yet is uh, Grover Cleveland's sister, Rose Cleveland, mm -hmm. is uh, buried uh, over in Italy. So I have not I've not visited her yet, but she's definitely if I get over to Italy at some point. That would be. Uh, a, a top grave for me to visit. For sure. Yeah, are there um, are there any presidents or vice presidents that are not buried in the United States? Uh, no, they're all in okay. the, the United States. They are all here. Okay, they're all here. Um, 
So which site have you gone to visit the most? Well, that is a very easy answer because I used to work at a presidential gravesite. Oh, really? So I, in 2019, I was an intern at the United First Parish Church in Quincy. Uh, so it was my job to uh, give guided tours of the crypts where John, Abigail, John Quincy, and Louisa Catherine Adams are uh, in tomb. So I, I was an intern there for about two and a half months. And being where I live, they're also the closest presidents and first ladies. Uh, anyway, so even when I wasn't interning there, it's always the easiest to uh, revisit. So yeah. Um, so I knew where the light switches were and unplugging the you know, dehumidifier and, and, and all that stuff. Uh, and so got to see some of the ins and outs of the church. So United First Parish Church by, yeah. by far. That's, you know, I like that it kind of, I guess, came full circle. This was the first one that you came, went to go see and now you get to, you got to enter in there and everything. Um, someone asked, in your opinion, who is the most overrated vice president? I don't know anything about the vice president, so I don't know how I could even ask that answer that question. The most overrated vice president. Oh, I, I am not quite sure right now how to answer that one, and I don't want to have a lot of dead air. So as we talk about these dead VPs, so I... I, I don't know. Maybe we can put that one on the back burner for a little bit. Maybe. Which one did you find to be like the most unique? Or are you, they talk about the, the, as a person or the gravesite? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. As a gravesite, which one was the most overrated or which one was the most unique gravesite? Of the vice presidents who weren't also president, I would have to give it to off the top of my head, Richard Mentor Johnson. Mm -hmm. uh, he's in Frankfort, Kentucky. Uh, he has a very interesting grave. Uh, so he uh, was a veteran of the War of 1812. Uh, he's allegedly the person who uh, killed the uh, Shawnee uh, leader, Tecumseh. And that scene, whether it's true or not, is depicted on the gravesite. It's so it's a bas relief, and it shows him atop a horse shooting and killing Tecumseh, who's then like grabbing at at his neck. It's something that you would think how how was this ever tasteful to put on a grave? You know, him killing somebody, but you know, again, it was it was war would have been the way that they were looking at it back at the time. And it's uh, like Andrew Johnson's grave. It's topped with an eagle atop this obelisk. And uh, so that one's really, uh, really something. Wow. Yeah, um, that's interesting. That That is interesting. Um, so sorry, I couldn't answer the question exactly how it was asked, but I'm kind of, kind of drawing a blank. But it's uh, somebody, uh, I can't, why can I not remember the source? It was just within the last week or so but Hero Agnew would be my answer. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign on to that. Because <laughs> also I have my uh Spiro Agnew mouthwash where you stick your foot <laughs> in your mouth. 
from the from the seventies. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, but uh, somebody said if you uh, you know if you get so much notoriety as a vice president, where they can make a documentary about you as vice president, you vice presidented wrong. Yes. So, yeah. So, um, that's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. Spiro Agnew would probably be my my you know pick for that one. I I sign on to that. <laughs> uh, someone asked, how many times have you visited Hyde Park? And what are your overall thoughts on FDR? I visited Hyde Park only twice. So I was trying to get out there again last year for a third time, but uh, didn't uh, work out. It's not too far for me compared to all the other presidents. But um, so 2004 and 2018, the two times I went. Uh, I'm overall a, a fan of uh, FDR. I have uh, one of my favorite souvenirs is actually from that I got last time. This is FDR Sphinx. So if you go, um, they should have on display. There's a seven or eight foot tall, real, you know, paper mache Sphinx like this. So it's based off of a political cartoon where... Um, you know, was FDR going to run for the third term? And they, it said he was as, you know, silent as the Sphinx. He wasn't going to reveal if he was running for the third term. Of course he did, but somebody at that time made a giant FDR Sphinx sculpture. And then when I saw that at the gift shop, the the eight inch version, I was like, oh, I'm definitely taking that. Hope, so. <laughs> that is, um, that so is there, hilarious. When I saw that on your thing, I thought, okay, well, what clown is that? That looked like a clown to me in the back, but that's hilarious. I had no idea. That's so, so yeah, so uh, so <laughs> FDR Library, great souvenirs. Um, but um, I, I'm I'm quite the fan of uh, FDR. He's he's definitely up there for me. Uh, not everything you know there's no there's no single president where i uh agree with everything they did mm -hmm. obviously the thing that stands out is the uh interment of uh, yeah. japanese americans of course as i think would uh and everybody uh agrees with that or should agree with that yeah. um but in general i like what he was uh trying to do with you know getting people um you know, keeping them active with the different, uh, you know, New Deal programs, trying to, um, you know, some people, you know, uh, really go after him with the uh, the the court packing. But as uh, somebody else pointed out, it's like, well, it did kind of uh, inspire the the um, the switch in time that saved nine uh, in kind of moving at least the court in a little bit more of a direction that they accepted more of the new deal, uh, policies. Um, so I, in general, I'm an FDR fan. Yeah. You know what I found really interesting? Um, his predecessor, Herbert Hoover was such a huge humanitarian and, you know, led all these huge, you know, humanitarian efforts in Europe and, and even some in America. And so was his wife. And mm -hmm. it was the Great Depression and his management of that that he could not navigate, mm -hmm. you know, at, at a time in a, a humanitarian crisis as president, he just couldn't navigate that. I found that really fascinating. Well, something with uh, Hoover is, again, he was in some ways, uh, he, he was a, a liberal uh, Republican, mm -hmm. uh, but 
he thought that a lot of the relief should come from private hands or organizations and he didn't. So he was all for helping people, but he thought that it should come from outside of the government. And a lot of uh, people just didn't have uh, the means to help one another or or those that did, um, didn't do it to an extent that had much of an impact. So um, he, I think he's somebody who he meant, Right. And he cared about people and uh, he just he stuck with his convictions about his view of how government should be. And especially for that time, that was not working. And that's why he got trounced in the yeah. 1932 uh, election. But he had he had a very successful pre-presidency and uh, quite a successful uh, post-presidency as a. Uh, as a senior statesman and uh, Harry Truman uh, was friends with him and relied on him for uh, advice. And I believe sent him on a diplomatic mission and whatnot. So he's somebody who, if he didn't serve as president would have been viewed, you know, in a pantheon of, you know, philanthropic uh, Americans who, you know, really, you know, helped out Europe uh, in the aftermath of uh, world war one, Belgium that but yeah Yeah. he's he's an interesting person as you look at and also as you know the changes in the parties a little bit you know where was conservatism where was liberalism or progressivism and you know that that's a very interesting time the the 1930s it is it is a really interesting time i you know just from what you've mentioned in your book that kind of got my my wheels started on how ironic that whole situation was with him. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know about Harding's death and was he poisoned for infidelity? So uh, Warren Harding died August 2nd, 1923, coming up on the, the centennial in a, in a few months. He died in uh, San Francisco. He was out on his voyage of uh, understanding was trying to uh, convey uh, to the American people his uh, different uh, policies. Uh, the uh, rumors that uh, he was poisoned by First Lady uh, Florence Harding over infidelities or uh, to uh, spare him a scandal, everything that I have seen, any serious investigation or scholarship has uh, pretty much all turned up that that is uh, that is all bogus. Uh, that he died of a <laughs> of a natural, um, you know, ailment, either a heart attack or a, of a, or a stroke. I believe it was somebody. I I'm not gonna be able to recall the exact details right now, but this was a an acquaintance of uh, Mrs. Harding's. I think came out with a book in around 19 late 1924 or 1925-26 that was making these allegations and Mrs. Harding didn't outlive President Harding by that long she actually died i believe it was November 1924 so only about 15 months so she didn't have an opportunity to refute any of of that really so when both parties are dead it's it's kind of easy to say whatever you want and and put whatever uh spin on it so something when you're looking at 
you know, is, is this quote true or did this really happen is try to go back to the original source. When was it first put out there? If, if there's a quote that you see on the internet that said, oh, Lincoln said this, but then you trace it back when, what is the earliest you can find anybody saying Lincoln said it is 1922. Lincoln yeah. probably didn't say it. Right. You know, so stuff like that. So yeah. this didn't come up until after even Mrs. Harding died and nobody was thinking it at the time. There was no, no real evidence about it. So I would have to defer to way more knowledgeable people and say that president Harding died naturally. Yeah. Mrs. Harding though, she was pretty, involved in the political gambit though oh yes uh, she was she was a very uh tenacious uh strong yeah. uh woman and she uh was really instrumental at the marion daily star of the newspaper mm -hmm. uh that uh harding was editor of and she uh really helped with circulation and then in the 1920 campaign uh she uh, really mingled uh, with the press in a way that a lot of other presidential candidates' wives had not uh, yeah. up to that point. So she 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 knew what she wanted, and she was she was a uh, she was a tenacious uh, woman. Yes, I, I definitely think that she's one of these women that, when it comes to the first lady's role, there's some first ladies that that kind of redefine what that role is. And I think she's definitely one of those women that did that. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess I can see where people would have thought that because she was so politically involved herself, but, um, but yeah, that is pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, someone wanted to ask who is your favorite president and why? <laughs> Well, I, I think you can't really go wrong with uh, Abraham Lincoln overall. Again, no president is perfect, and he did a couple things that uh, you know I, I, I don't necessarily like, but I, I think that he was also somebody who was able to listen and learn over time, evolve in uh, his uh, thinking about uh, race in particular, um, and he was, he was able to just really judge situations well. And I think he was somebody with a lot of uh, compassion and he could figure out when things weren't working with, with the generals and, you know, yeah, I was a lot of trial and error, of course, but um, uh, I, I, I think that, you know, he's our greatest president and you just look at his writings and you think it's simultaneously seems very lofty and, um, you know, well-educated, highbrow stuff for somebody who wasn't well-educated, at least in the normal sense. Yeah. He, you know, was self-taught in a, a lot of ways, um, you know, uh, bringing home uh, books, borrowing uh, them from people. Um, but so at the same time, uh, as as his words are really lofty and high they're also very attainable and could connect with the you know the average person too i think and that's a, i think that's a, an incredible balance to be able uh, to do both so uh abraham lincoln saving the union participating in uh you know the abolishment of chattel slavery um it's got to be a big one. one that's a pretty those are two pretty big accomplishments right there um, someone asked in the chat, 
how many presidents are buried in Washington, D.C. itself, not Arlington? I'm holding up my finger for <laughs> those of you who are listening uh, to uh, this on uh, audio later. Don't get the visual. Uh, one, only one, Woodrow Wilson is at the uh, Washington National Cathedral in the, in the Northwest. So it's always interesting when there's a presidential funeral uh, occurring at the National Cathedral, as uh, recent ones tend to do, and there's the deceased president that is uh, you know, the funeral is for, and then there's the living presidents that are there paying tribute. And I always think there's one more president there. Is Woodrow Wilson? He's on your right. So, so how did well? How did that shake out? How did Woodrow Wilson end up being buried there? Uh, so Woodrow Wilson and Edith Wilson were actually the, um, so immediately after leaving the White House were the uh, only uh, first couple um, or the most recent first couple uh, that remained in Washington, D.C. until the Obamas. Uh, so uh, they moved to a house on S Street uh, Northwest, and that is where um uh, uh, Woodrow Wilson spent his last uh, three years of life. He died there. And so it's not far uh, from that house, which is very, uh, very highly uh, recommended by me uh, for uh, visiting for a tour. Uh, should definitely do that. Uh, I'll have to. I've, that I've a couple of times. That. They actually, the last time I was there, they actually let uh, visitors uh, sit at uh, President Wilson's piano. So like oh. I, so I can't play, but I hit, you know, a few keys to say that I did it and got my picture uh, taken uh, with it. But um, so it was a proximity and uh, he was definitely, uh, he was a religious person. His father uh, was a minister mm -hmm. and uh, so ended up at, uh, at the National Cathedral. Yeah. Wow. That is really an interesting story. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I just looked and our hour is like coming up. It's almost up. We only got like three minutes. That's what happens when you get a long-winded guest. No, I seriously, Kurt, I have loved everything that you've been saying. I am, I, I, my focus is on the American Revolution and the founding fathers, but mm -hmm. you know, the presidents. This is this is the highest office in the land. This is the most unique office that we hold, and I think the men that have held it have been so fascinating on their own. So it's been really interesting to hear you talk about them. Um, really quickly, what was your favorite gravesite to visit of everyone that you visited? Of everyone that I visited, which is way too many people at this point. <laughs> uh, James and Lucretia Garfield, uh, Lakeview Cemetery, Cleveland, Ohio. It's 180 feet tall. It's It's got uh, gargoyles. It's got a stained glass um, windows, chandelier, eight foot, eight or nine foot tall Italian marble statue. Uh, and if you go down into the crypt, uh, the Garfields aren't in sarcophagi, you know, stone containers. The caskets are laid out on tables. So if you flipped them open, they would, there would be the remains of President and uh, Mrs. Garfield. So uh, that, so that's quite an interesting uh experience so again 180 feet tall it, it is it is massive so. wow that's amazing i'm gonna have to go visit he's my favorite president so you know uh, well they're uh, again if being 
near uh, Harriet Lane and Garfield being your favorite, definitely got to go out there. I will just warn the Garfield's uh, tomb. So it's all depending on uh, what time of year you go, if you'll get access. So I believe it just opened up for the year within the last week. They close in the cold weather. So I believe they're open from about late April to early to mid November. So if you want to get inside the tomb, that's your window. Okay. And of the presidential sites that you visited, okay, like museums, homes, which was your favorite to visit? Two that jump out to me that aren't, you know, not exactly uh, graves. So the Lincoln home in Springfield, uh, Illinois, the only home that Abraham Lincoln ever owned really stood out uh, to me because again, you're, you're in his footsteps and uh, they let you put your hand on the original railing there as you walk up. So if you look at my uh, face in the home video, as I'm like guiding my hand, you know, touching every single square inch of the rail. So I know that no matter what I touched where Abe and Mary's, uh, you know, hands were, uh, on this rail and my mouth is just agape and everything. So as a nine-year-old, that one really stuck out to me. And then I'm a big fan of uh, the Truman Library in Independence, Missouri. I really liked the exhibits that they have there. I thought uh, that they really got in pe people interacting with the history, thinking critically and uh, that's something that now as uh, somebody with a degree in history, specializing in public history, mm -hmm. um, so history outside of the classroom, um, you know, that's what we uh, try to get people to do is, you know, think critically, engage with the sources, you know, what might be this perspective or that perspective. And I, I, I just really liked what they did there. And then the courtyard where he's buried is very nice, too. But I'm yeah. going to slightly separated for that and now i have a brick there they have a brick program and i paid for a brick it was like kurt dion's 36th potus august 13th uh 2009 so and i've had a few people lat in the last year went and took pictures of it for me but i gotta go see it myself that's amazing okay well kurt tell us where can we buy your book and where can we follow you online so uh you can follow me on instagram at KD Grave Hunter, uh, YouTube, uh, where I hope to upload uh, some more uh, old uh, home movies of some of uh, some of our uh, gravesite uh, visits, and my sister being mad about it. Uh, at uh, so it's Kurt Dion, K U R T D E I O N, and then uh, my book is Presidential Grave Hunter, One Kid's Quest to Visit the Tombs of Every President and Vice President, uh, you can go to presidentialgravehunter.com. So that will let you buy, if you want an autographed uh, copy, I can uh, personalize that for you there. If you want to buy the ebook, I have a link to uh, buy the ebook. If you want to buy it through uh, one of the major uh, retailers, you, there's links for that too. Or, of course, uh, I highly suggest you buy uh, from an independent bookstore rather than certain uh, certain large entities. But uh, whatever whatever way you want to buy it, presidentialgravehunter.com. All right. And I'm pretty sure that is all linked in the description box below. So 
Kurt, thank you so much for being on with us. I was, it was really such a joy to talk with you. Um, go check out the book. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a wonderful, fun read too. And you're going to learn a ton, I promise. And I can't recommend it enough. So good job, Kurt. This is your first book. Hopefully the first of many more to come. Oh, I, I, I've, I've got the adventures to, to make, to make a few sequels if I wanted to. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure you do. I look forward to seeing more from you and thank you everyone for watching. Next week is a podcast episode. It's um, going to be all about uh, slavery and colonial America. So that's a little deeper of an episode than I normally touch on, but a lot of people have been asking for it. So I, I will deliver on that. <laughs> so check that out next week for Thursday. And then the following Thursday, we will have another history hour with an awesome guest to come. Kurt, thank you so much. Everyone have a great night. Check out Kurt's book, Presidential Grave Hunter. You really, really will not regret it. I promise. Have a nice well, night. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Yep. Good night, everyone.